welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. 2020 has been an incredible year for RSM. It really has. And uh, aside from its challenges, one of the things that I hope you guys know, being in school, is that God really must think something special of you to, for you to be where you are in the season that you're in, because you're doing things like nobody has ever done them before. And so if you guys, I just, and, and us too, yeah, we have jobs things that we're juggling, and, and kids are trying to figure out, but there's so much good about 2020, where Jesus is teaching us how to hope in him alone, amen? And so you guys are going to hear some of it from these guys, and I don't know however they want to start, but it's just been an incredible year. Hil- Hillary, you want to go first? Okay, cool. Let's give it up for Hillary. As you said, I'm Hillary Neiman, um, the lovely lady on the announcements. That's my mother, Jennifer Neiman. Uh, she's great. But I'm a junior at Andale High School, and I just, 2020 has been insane. I don't think I need to be the one to tell you that, because I think we've all experienced it. Um, I feel like God has really taken this year to open up so many opportunities and doors for myself, especially in my school and here in the church. I recently joined the leadership team that we started here at the church. I am so excited to see what that will do to help my relationship grow with Christ and my relationship with the church because you guys are so amazing. I love my church family so, so much, and I just wouldn't be who I am today without your support. So um, this year, God has really had one word on my heart, and that's worth because um, previous to January 2020, I struggled a lot with my self-worth. I was a mess. <laughs> um, I depended on boys way, way too much to tell me I was enough, to tell me I was skinny enough, pretty enough, good enough. And you shouldn't have to depend on boys to tell you that. Amen. Um, and I realized that because... I know that I'm beautiful because I'm made in God's image, and he's beautiful. So I just want to tell you guys, now that I know it, you guys are worth it. You guys are beautiful. You guys are perfect. Like, come on, Jesus died for us? Is that not the biggest way to say, hey, I love you, man? Like, I mean, imagine loving someone so much that you give your own life for for that person to go live theirs. God did that for us so that we could go live a life for him. To pay back what he did for us, we live our life for him. Who here some, can, will look in the mirror some days and just be like, ew. Like, I wish I was skinnier, I wish I was taller, I wish I was prettier, and on and on. I mean, insecurities go forever. <laughs> Me too, I do that. I do definitely do that. Well, to those of you, myself included, you are those things. You are perfect because you're made in God's image, and he's beautiful, so therefore you're beautiful, and you are perfect. What if we all looked the same? How boring would that be? Like, oh, hey, there's another person that looks like me. Oh, my gosh, no way. Like, that's so boring. Nobody wants that. So God made us all different but all the same inside because we are all living for him. 
and he wants us to live for him. That's why he sent his son to die for us. I mean, he didn't have to do that, but he wanted to because he loves us. (laughs) You're here today because God wants you here, and he's not done with you. If, I mean, he's not finished. He has a plan for all of you guys, and you're so worth it. You're so worth it. Hi, I'm Paige Lowry. I have my notes on my phone here. So, um, I just felt like God has just been filling me with his joy so much lately. And I have a verse for you guys, John 16, 24. You haven't done this before. Ask, using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Joy is a great thing. It makes your life so much easier. And about three years ago, I wasn't very joyful. I always felt like something was missing. Like, I didn't have something. and I couldn't figure it out. I then realized that what I was missing was Jesus, and Jesus has filled me with a joy that nothing else can, that nothing else can even measure up to his joy that he has for me. And he is, makes it so much easier to go through my day without worrying, without being anxious, without too late to start to think about me. It erases all stress. It's never too late to start to, to start to earlier too late to ask for joy. Joy is something simply that it's hard to live with months why I was so joyful. I had about three different people ask me in the past months why I was so joyful and I've simply said Jesus fills me with the joy that radiates off of me and onto other people. And you don't have to so therefore when you say I'm not worth he loves you for who you are. He made you in his image. So therefore when you say I'm not worth it, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not whatever. That, you're saying that to Jesus. You're basically insulting him because you're made in his image. He made you for you. And I'm going to do something different that I didn't do in the last service. If you want to be filled with joy, I ask you to just put your hands out. And I'm going to pray over you. Jesus, thank you so much for everybody in this room because your joy is so good, and I pray that you just fill them with it because everyone around them, including themselves, will realize the difference how much easier it is to wake up in the morning, how much easier it is to get through the day, how much easier it is to just feel enough. Like Hillary said, when you have joy, especially your joy, it makes it so much easier to feel worth it. And God, I pray that these people know that they are worth it, and you come and fill them with a joy that overflows and radiates. In your name we pray, amen. Hi, my name's Savannah, and um, I was going to talk about something completely different today, but I was thinking about it earlier today during worship and the first service, and I was thinking how crazy it is that God has us. Even in the midst of this crazy time right now, he still has us. It doesn't matter what you do. He'll always be with you. You can run away from him. You can try to hide, but he'll never stop looking for you, and he'll never stop finding you. And I just think it's so amazing that he's right there with you. It doesn't matter if it's at school, at work, if you're in your own room, if you're by yourself. He's always there. It doesn't matter um, what you think of yourself or what other think, other people's think, people's, <laughs> what other people think of yourself. But um, it just matters what he does. And he thinks you're an amazing person. He thinks you're beautiful. It just matters what you remember that, that it doesn't matter what other people believe in 
because it just matters what you believe and it matters that you believe in him. Yeah. Hi, so my name is London and I have a verse to share with you guys. Um, Psalms 9, 9 through 10 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. So 2020 has um, definitely been a year full of surprises. No matter what, it's affected all of us in some way or another. And as individuals, we have different lives and different experiences that we face. Each experience we have can cause us to draw closer or farther from God. During some hard times in my life, this is a verse that I've referred back to. I know sometimes I even question why God does things or why he allows certain situations to happen. But then I'd stop and pray and it would always give me a new strength. I'm thankful that we were able to have our summer, summer retreat and our summer camp for high school because it was just a really great time to stop and reflect on the good rather than the uncertain things that have happened in this year. And I challenge you guys in times of trouble, don't try and handle it on your own. Give it to God and let him give you the strength that you need. Hi, I'm Caleb. Uh, sorry if I talk really fast. I'm going to try to slow down. Um, I went to church camp not expecting anything, you know, playing paintball, flirting with chicks, the normal high school thing. And uh, <laughs> I went in um, the first night of worship. We had lunch or whatever, and then we went into worship, and it was good, a good worship session, you know, the presence of God. And then after that, we went into a late night. I think it was when this 16-year-old kid named Dawson... Uh, he's from Kansas City, and God is working great, great things through this kid. I mean, he's convicting my heart so bad because uh, there's four chairs, and the first one is a rebel, and it's like a person who has no desire to meet God, doesn't care. And then the second chair is the churchy kid. He's been to church his whole life, but he goes to school, and he lives a life for the world, not a life sought out for God. He, he is this... I don't know how you say it, happy-go-lucky kid. He, he, timid sweetie, that's what he called it. Um, he sits in this chair, he's up here, he's crying, he's worshiping, but deep down he knows he's missing the courageous part. The courageous part is leaping to the fourth chair where you're a life devoted for him. You're singing, you're dancing, you're, but the main thing is you're discipling others. You're not thinking what other people care about you. You walk into your school is not saying, hey, this is my image, I want you to like my image. You say, hey, this is what God has done through me. I want you to him to do that through you. And it starts with being a vessel for him. And I, my friends signed up. I was like, oh, sweet. It'll be fun playing paintball with my friends. And uh, the first night of worship, they're up there dancing with us. But the second night of worship, we jumped and sang for like an hour, an hour, <laughs> screaming at the top of our lungs, so hideous, so bad. But God's like, we are called to be undignified. And we were more undignified than that. <laughs> and so we were just jumping, singing. And I remember after we jumped, we were kept, and then we went and played games. We kept jumping and singing and praising God for what he's doing in our lives. And then we went on to the next day, and we did an acoustic set. And my friends that I've known my whole life, really, football, everything, they're on their face crying for God to tear down what they called their image, what people care or think about them. And he was, they text me after. He's like, I don't know where I'd be without you. I'm like, it's not me. It's God's love. I mean, we are vessels in our schools, in your workplaces, there's nothing we do personally that brings, us to the, that brings them to God except through the love of him. 
So I just encourage you guys to remember that, that people watch what you're doing, even if you don't personally talk to them. If you're living a life of God, being joyful, I just, they see that and they really like that. And when you watch a person that was struggling come to God, it brings you to tears. You can't control the love that he's providing for you and your friends. Um, my name is Keenan. Um, I play the drums, and I didn't write anything, so I'm just going to wing this. Uh, but I play the drums, and I think that's the best thing for me to worship God, you know, because I can go down there and bang on the drums for hours and hours just worshiping him. I don't even care what I'm playing. I don't have to be listening to music, playing with music. I should be playing the drums because that's my way to connect to God, okay? So at the retreat, we had a lot of fun, and I know everyone, they have I mean, there's two parts of the sermon, right? There's the, the preaching part, and then there's the worship part, okay? So I think that for most people, or not most people, I won't say anyone's opinion, but for mine, it's uh, worship because it's, it's a faster way for me to get into the goodness of God. Because preaching is cool. No offense, Aaron. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Sometimes you're just sitting there like, wow, this is fun. I mean, you know, but I think the best part for me is probably the worship because, I mean, I can connect to God better. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no foul, okay? Um, but, yeah, I think just, I mean, it's a beautiful time to come and just rest in his presence. And Jacob over here, he's a drummer as well, and he says the same thing. He loves to worship God on his drum kit. And I think for every person, clay, guitar, I mean, they all like to play certain instruments, and it doesn't matter what you play, you're still going to have so much fun doing it. I mean, I enjoy playing the drums, and I enjoy worshiping God through that. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you to uh, just go for it. Yeah, um, I'm clay. I was not planning on, uh, like, sharing anything today, but during the first sermon while they were... Uh, speaking, I felt like God put, kind of put this on my heart. Uh, he's been putting it on my heart lately, just like to share. And so um, that was just kind of the thought that, uh, like when Caleb was talking about the four chairs and the taking the step of courageousness into the fourth chair, it was kind of eye-opening for me at the fall retreat, like that um, being set ablaze for God is not a task. It's not something you have to do this and this and this to become closer to him because he wants that so bad for you, all you have to do is accept that and just let him in. And he's already doing that work if you just let him do it through you and in you. Um, yeah, that was really cool. And then just also, like, um, worship. Like, it's not a task. It's a gift. Um, like, we get to do this because he's so good, and we should rejoice in that. So, yeah. So, if I can stand up properly... Um, I wasn't planning on coming up either. Um, and I feel like if we all just kind of like slow down from the huge rush that we are living, the stress, the stress that we, uh, have, anxiety, all that, we can really sit down and listen to what God is trying to talk to us about. And I'm not going to have a huge, long, prepared thing. Because, yeah. Um, but I feel like if we just, like, take a deep breath and calm down, we can listen to what he's trying to tell us, and we can 
find <laughs> joy in that and all that. Amen. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Go ahead, take your seats. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man. I just yeah, it's fine. So good. We took a couple Wednesdays ago, and uh, it's like, yo, why don't we why don't we hear from you guys what God is doing in your heart? And it was like that, kid after kid after kid just kept coming up. I love how two of you have been up here and like, I uh, wasn't going to do this, but here I am. I love how the Lord is pressing your hearts and uh, what he's showing you guys um, because he's doing some mighty things in this next generation. Amen? Um, it's quite the legacy. And there's so much hope for them. And it's, um, it's quite the legacy that God wants to bring through them and is already beginning. And it's an honor to be a part of this. So we're just so proud of you guys. We want you to know that. And we love you deeply. So today, I want to talk about the hope of the gospel. Aaron lit that hope candle. Did you? I don't see the flame. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about the hope of the gospel. And uh, yeah. Um, man, wow, I, uh, okay, let's just begin. If you guys have your Bibles, let's go to Philippians 2, Philippians 2, all right, I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am so tired of grumbling with the people who think how I think. I found myself too often throughout 2020 systems, the government, politicians, how people should do things, grocery stores being open, but churches not. What's up with that? And I found myself right in the middle of it all and just being like, yeah, that's, this sucks. I'm just getting mad. And we're all talking, and we're like, you know what they should do? Things should be this way and that way, blah, 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 blah. And, and we, we solve all the problems of the world. You ever been in this situation? We do. And then we leave that circle, and then we're way more ticked off than when we even, like, started talking. Isn't that interesting? We're so caught up. We'd rather, I mean, it's just like, how twisted we're, we love grumbling. We love complaining. We love whining about our rights. And we've totally forsaken the hope of our righteousness. I'm not very hopeful in my rights as an American. I'm thankful for them, no doubt. But all of my hope is in the righteousness of God. Amen? And I'm not really banking on the U.S. Constitution or whoever's the president or how we do church. I'm banking on the blood of Jesus. And this is like, okay, I'm going to read this. Philippians 2, chapter 14, or chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, 16 Let's do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault 
in a warped and crooked generation, and then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. I'll read one more time, 2, 14 through 16. Do everything, everyone say everything, without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, and then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. So the hope to the word of life. So the hope I'm talking about today, it's more than optimism. It's, it's hope in Jesus. And I had to write this down. My hope in Jesus allows me to step into depravity and look into despair and not lose heart. It's not me choosing to focus on the bright side. Rather, it's me actually allowing myself to let my heart be broken sometimes, but still know that God is good and bring culture of heaven into that place, right? What did Jesus do? He put himself in a broken world and gave humanity And so that's the gospel. In one sentence, I would say this. The gospel is God comes to man. God comes to men and women. That's what I would say in one sentence, God came to us. Okay, so let me paint the whole backdrop now. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth and everything that is, he forms. You think about that. The vastness of that beauty and the intricacies of everything Every blade of grass in your front yard, he sustains. Every leaf on the tree, every drop that comes down a waterfall, he knows about it. And of all of that beauty, he sets apart one creation for his image. Mankind. He breathes his own breath into mankind. And he gives the man his life. And uh, can you just imagine being Adam? You've never existed, whatever. God breathes breath into your nostrils and you open your eyes and you're just beholding the maker, the sustainer, the creator, the one who has always been and, and always will be. And this is the first thing Adam gets to behold. It's the first thing Adam gets to behold. And God comes to the garden of Eden and he walks and he talks with Adam and Eve. And they have a relationship and it's beautiful and they're close. And then the story goes on and we know that mankind buys into deception and allows himself to be separated from this God. Man buys into deception, into his own way of thinking, what could be better. He's separated from his maker. But the story doesn't end, right? Because our God is a God of hope. God comes to mankind in Jesus. God puts on flesh, and he is able to relate wholly to every part of who we are. Amen? He put on flesh and became just like me. 
God must really delight in mankind, yeah? He must think something pretty special of us to actually form us in his own image and then give us his own breath. And then to later put it all on and wear it himself? It's pretty crazy. In Jesus, God is able to relate wholly to every part of who we are, as if he couldn't already, right? He's the one who formed and fashioned us. He's our maker. But if you open your Bibles, Hebrews 2, chapter, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 and 18 says, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. I know of no other God who is this merciful and this kind and this loving. Jesus is familiar with our emotions, yeah? Jesus experienced every emotion that we can feel and probably to a fuller measure than you and I allow ourselves to feel them. He experienced um, joy. He experienced betrayal. He experienced celebration. He experienced um, anger. He experienced loss. Jesus had parents, right? Lost his dad, lost his friend, Lazarus. And Jesus weeps over these things. So Jesus is very familiar with my emotion. Jesus is very familiar with our weakness. Jesus got hungry sometimes. And Jesus felt fatigue. I love how physicality, because he himself was a physical man, right? I love how um, The Chosen, it's a TV series on the life of Jesus and his disciples. I love, <clears throat> excuse me, I love how they're portraying this Jesus. There's one of the episodes, they, they, they are so intentional to show Jesus, like he scrapes his arm and you see him bandaging himself. You see Jesus brushing his teeth and you see Jesus stretching his muscles because he is a man. He's familiar with all of our physical limitation because he, he wore it. And Jesus is also familiar with our mortality because he did die. He did die, right? But we don't accept the gospel as good news, so what? Right? I've got a new friend who is, we've been talking about the Bible together and He's a really smart Bible guy, and we get through the end of whatever we're talking about, and he goes, okay, Jake, so what? So what? And I'm like, what do you mean, so what? And he's like, what is, the God, what, is, what is God's heart in this story? What are you? One of the things that I'm knowing or learning, that if I only know Jesus as my religion, then I, don't get to un- then I won't understand the hope that's found in who he is. If I only know Jesus as my religion... And I won't understand the hope that's found in him. And I think this is the worst place to sit. (laughs) Especially of Christians. Like, it's so dull and it's so boring when it's just about Jesus is what you do on Sundays for a couple hours, or right before bed and you pray, or right before you eat, or whatever. But if but if if I understand, like as I'm knowing Jesus and learning about the hope that's found in him, 
then I'm like, actually, my heart is being drawn and stirred to know him a little bit more, right? And I have an expectancy to really seek him out. And, I, and my heart, it learns, it, it falls in love with him. I can't help but fall in love with Jesus. When I understand that he's the source of where all my hope comes from, love begins to bubble up in my heart and it like overflows and spills out onto him. Jesus, when he walked the earth, he, he talked a lot. He said this phrase a few times. He says, you guys, you have eyes and you see, but you don't, you're not perceiving what I'm doing. You have ears and you're hearing, but you don't understand what I'm saying. And I've read this so many times and thought, Lord, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be me. I don't want to live this whole life and, and, and not understand and not get you and not and not know you, Jesus. I want to know you. I want my eyes to see what you have. I want, I want to see your beauty. I want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. I want to hear the revelation that you want to bring to me. I don't want to miss out on what you have for me. And Jesus says this a lot, and he says it to the religious guys, right? He says it to these religious guys a lot. Because the, the gospel was hard for them to understand, to, to accept. But the ones that Jesus encountered, who he renewed hope in, those are the guys that follow Jesus. The ones he redeemed, the one he called, I think of Matthew, and I think of Peter, and I think of Paul, all those that he redeemed and he restored hope, and like they allowed themselves to wake up to his hope. They got to live life to the fullest. That's how I want to live. Because when we encounter Jesus, we can never be the same. Amen? When you encounter the man Jesus, you'll never be the same. Yeah. When you encounter the man Jesus, it becomes all about loving Jesus and, and no striving in your religion and and there's no room for performance and being good enough for God because he's good enough, right? I won't lie, this week kind of leading up, I was like, I knew I was preaching and uh, I was a little bit nervous just as far as like, oh God, I really want to do good. <laughs> and I felt like he just kept saying, Jacob, quit making this about how well you think you're going to do. Quit making this about how well, you just abide in me abide in me. And I felt really weak all week long about it. Felt underprepared. And he's like, Jacob, I have a word. I want to bring hope to my people through you. So can you just abide in that? Rest in my establishment? That's one of the, that's one of the craziest things God has been showing me in 2020 is his establishment. If I'm in his establishment, then there's no need to try to establish myself. If I'm found in his mercy and his hope, then there is no need for me to create my own image. One of the things that was so cool at our retreat is to watch these kids. We just invited like, hey, you came in here with your own image. Would you trade it 
trade it for the gospel? Would you trade it for Jesus, for the Jesus image? Would you allow him to knock that off of you and to restore you to who he actually called you to be? As these kids were sharing, I just got another, like, God is like talking a lot this morning to me. He said, hey, Jacob, I want you to be okay more than you want to be okay. I want you to be okay more than you want to be okay. I just find so much rest here in God of knowing God and being known by God. This is where my hope is found. Life isn't always pretty, but this is the hope that's letting me, giving me the courage to stare despair in the face and be like, Jesus is better. And he's, gonna, he's, got a, he's got a good plan. The goodness of God's plan doesn't change based on my circumstance. The goodness of God's plan doesn't change based on election results. I didn't share this in the first, but I'm going to share it in the second. God reminded my heart of Daniel and Joseph and Esther and even Jesus. All of these guys lived and they walked on the earth and they served God at a time under unfaithful authorities or un, unfavorable, sorry, that's the word I was looking for, rulers and authorities, right? But they served with humility and trusted God and the promise that he had already given to them, right? Joseph has these dreams when he's a kid. And then you see Joseph get thrown in prison and you see Daniel get thrown in the lion's den for being obedient and crying out to his God for help and he gets thrown into the lion's den. But these guys served their authorities with such humility and honor and they never ever lost their hope with Jesus. Hey, quit forfeiting your hope in God, guys. Look at this. 1 Peter, 1 Peter 3, 1 Peter 1, sorry. 1 Peter 1, starting in 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. Say living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's good news. It can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Hey, Jesus wins. We win in Jesus. And he's just been, man, if we could leave today and just... Quit forfeiting our hope. That's what I think I do when I get in these circles and I talk about and I gripe about all the things that I think are wrong. I totally take my eyes off Jesus and forfeit all my hope because I put all my hope in what I think is good and what I think is right and how things should be rather than, man, he's already won. His establishment is is forever. Let's quit forfeiting our hope because nothing can take it away from you. I think you can give it away. Let's quit doing that. Let's quit doing that. Because why would you forfeit hope? That just kind of sounds silly. (laughs) Why would you forfeit your hope? Finish with this, and then the the team is going to take us into this beautiful song. Um, 
There's a guy named Chris Valatin, and he has this quote, and he said, um, he who gives the most hope carries the greatest influence. He who gives the most hope carries the greatest influence. Again, I think back of Daniel, Jesus, Esther, and Joseph, all of these guys. But if Christians offered more hope than judgment in today's world? I uh, will challenge you guys with this. You're gonna choose to leave this place today. You're gonna go forward from here in your Jesus religion, or you're gonna go forward from here with all of your hope in Jesus. Because there's a very clear difference. One is cold and there's no life there. And it's just what you do to be a good person, to be a good Christian. But the other is absolutely wild. And it's completely extravagant. And you will never be discouraged. And no one can steal your joy because it's Jesus. Amen? We pray for you guys. They're going to take us in this beautiful song. Father, thank you again for today. Lord, I thank you for how you are moving in this place, what you're stirring in our hearts again this morning. Catch what you're doing, that we would do it again. Revive us, oh God, that we would catch what you're doing, that we would see what you want and hear what you're saying, Lord, that we would have an understanding. Lord, we declare the name of Jesus in triumph, God. We're going to sing it. We declare it. We whisper it in the darkest place, God. We scream it to remind our souls that you are the King of kings, the King of glory. Holy Spirit, remind us again of your faithfulness through the ages, your faithfulness in our life. We give you praise. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.